Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Gift of Gaming podcast. And this week, we're looking at all the nominees for the Game Awards 2023. It's me, it's your host, Darren Wade, suffering from a cold, a never-ending cold, as you can probably tell by my voice. And I'm joined by none other than my blood and brother, Andrew Wade. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. Thought you've gotten rid of me at this stage. No, no. You listen. You, you're welcome back whenever you, whenever you're, you're, you're keen on hopping on an episode. You're always welcome. How, how you been? What are you playing? I'm good. Um, God, what am I playing now? I'm playing a few things, random things. Um, I started playing Fire Changing Tides. Okay, I have no idea what that is. Uh, it's like a side-scrolling journey. Actually, it's kind of like a 2D platformer version journey, but nice. done in a 3D setting. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, Basically, I'm only halfway through it, so I'm still kind of picking up the story as I go, but the whole world has been awash with like a massive flood, and the guy you're playing as is kind of like putting together a, a ship that looks like it's built out of an engine, and is trying to sail to somewhere. Um, but it's classic, and you upgrade it, and it just like, it's beautiful, the graphics on it are beautiful, you kind of got like artistic kind of cartoony yep. graphics, and the music in it is just really orchestral kind of... A classic kind of indie Exactly, indie game. Indie game. Yeah. Art style, nice. Music, nice. Vibe, nice. You know, just chill out and play kind of thing. Absolutely. I myself, speaking of indie games, have started playing a game called One Hundred Days, which is a winemaking simulator. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's kind of um, it's kind of a puzzle sim, I guess. I was hoping for your kind of Stardew Valley making some wine. Do you mean like as in just focus on the winemaking side yeah, of things? Yeah. Um, my vineyard is called uh, oh, what was it? What was it? Marbos, which is a mixture of my two cats' names, Margot and Ambrose. <laughs> so it's a uh, Marbros and the uh, the um, crest from the vineyard is a cat, of course. Yeah, you can tell I have cats. You tell it does, did you become uh, that cat I person? I have yet? become that cat person. Yeah, my isolation. Um, so yeah, that's been fun, a bit different, but um, just not what I wanted to be. I'm still playing yeah, this, but it's yeah. you know I was hoping for that real cozy sim, and you know I just you know make some vines, choose what grape varieties on use that kind of thing. But it's a bit more puzzly based. And <laughs> um, on another note, though, I did get a, an email today that my PlayStation Portal had been dispatched as of today. What the heck is your PlayStation Portal? The handheld. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you actually got one, did you? I did, yeah. Me being a sucker for uh, new technology that will never take off. <laughs> Stadia. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it, was worth it. it was worth a punt, do you know what I mean? Um, no, so this is, and interestingly, because, uh, you know, Greg was on the last episode and he was giving me so much shit over the fact that I had pre-ordered a portal, but I've learned that uh, he was kind of saying the criticism, and I agreed it was a, a mm. very valid criticism, was that you could not, you had to be on the same Wi-Fi as your PlayStation in order to operate the... I heard that, yeah, yeah. Right. that doesn't seem to be the case and now i'll have to double check it i haven't bothered to check it out fully online but i was watching these guys do a review and the kind of funny games uh, podcast do a review on it and they were talking about how while they were in work in the office they were connecting to their playstations back at home off okay, through the yeah, wi-fi so. so it would just mean that if i was down like at the house with the fam at christmas time you and the tv to, um, was taken up i'd be like oh, i feel like a bit of final fantasy 7 remake trophy hunting or whatever else i'll sit down on my playstation portal not have to lug the absolute giant modem that is my playstation 5 I'll be sitting the place. beside you with my psp with the broken little uh, yeah, thing going on. On it. <laughs> so yeah so I'm, I'm keen it's i downloaded a couple of games that i'd be keen to play because it's handheld so i was like yeah. i have like you know on the recommendation of kev uh b 
Um, he was recommending Dredge big time, so I have that on a kind of a list that's to, to play. Very good, yeah. Um, I have Dead Cells as well, which I haven't. I played a little bit of, um, but never really got into. But I have that ready to give a go, and maybe I can finish a hundred days. You know, my mind making simulator on my so PlayStation it's got, it's got the same catalog then as the. You can play any like any game that's on your PS Five. It's literally it just mirrors your your and it's thinking about the PlayStation Portal has gotten me actually looking into remote play it's something i never mm. really did before but i was playing final fantasy 7 remake on my phone in my in, in the bedroom the other night do you know what i mean because yeah. you can download an app that is playstation remote play or whatever and you need to connect a controller to your phone via bluetooth and then you can just operate your ps5 from wherever you're really cool so you can just play it in another room which is something i never considering i was a guy who played stadia it was something that i never bothered to kind of check out because you can play it on your laptop and stuff like that as well but for me and this is going to sound so strange, I guess, and maybe a lot of people wouldn't agree. But for me, if I'm sitting down to play a game, especially if like remotely or whatever else, mm. I don't want to do it on my phone or on a little clunky laptop on my lap. No, like, I, I want, want that special experience. Like, I want that specially made thing. Yeah, like, oh, you're like that, yeah. yeah, no, sorry. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, I'll play it on the TV. Yeah, but I want that specially made thing for the experience. So I love the Switch. I love playing the Switch in bed. It's my, you know, it's why it's one of my favorite consoles. And that the places I've played the Switch has been great. But the PlayStation Portal would be like the ready-made thing for remote play that is just built no. to do that. And I'll just sit in with my DualSense controller that's been knocked in half and a screen just shoved in the middle. <laughs> uh, someone who pre-ordered far too many games he shouldn't have pre-ordered. I really can't... Uh, well, really we'll can't wait and see. You know, maybe maybe the laughs will be on... Joke will be on you and Craig and co. All those doubters. I doubt it. I think this is going to be a very basic thing that I probably wasted 200 quid on. But we'll wait and see, you know. I mean, look, you got that. I got the PSVR too. I mean... We each have yeah, our own things we have PSV to spend on. too, shit. Like, and like that, that's a pity because that really hasn't um, taken off the way they anticipated. Do you know what? It, it, it hasn't, but at the same time, I mean, a lot of the games that are coming out for it now are kind of... There's nothing new as such, but there's a couple of games like Vampire Masquerade and there's another one, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it looks like Quantum Leap. They're just really struggling with... They were hoping, I think, by the sounds of things, and maybe they're still in development in the background, but they were hoping for the big AAA, some of the big AAA studios to come in, like like Horizon did, mm. you know, Gorilla, uh, to come in and make that AAA vr2 game the experience you know it really has maybe this stuff is still in the background in the early days there's that one um oh i can't remember the name it's a space one i'm gonna kick myself when i go back home now and check those out there's one like you you're on a space station and like it looks incredibly beautiful um and story-wise looks really good as well but again it would be one of these ones that it looks beautiful but you'd have to see it through the headset for it's Mm -hmm. a thing like i said vampire max raid looks excellent and then there's the other one Oh, I'm rubbish for this today. Um, it looks—it basically looks like Quantum Leap. You jump through different times timelines. Synapse? No, no, it's not Synapse. No, um, you jump. It's not due out until like mid 2024. I don't right, think. Right. Okay. But you don't like it's. You see the character is going through loads of different time zones. And every time he looks in the mirror, he's a different person. So it's like literally like your man Quantum Leap who jumps into different people's bodies and goes through that. That actually looks really good. But again, yet to see a gameplay trailer. So. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Well, mm. I suppose we should hop into today's episode, because we've got a lot of nominations to cover. But the whole point of this episode was for us to talk about our game of the year and our nominations kind of before. Now, we'd picked our nominations before they were announced. They were announced mm. yesterday. Um, so I want to go through kind of the categories. I'm going to ignore um, esports and kind of content creation and stuff like that, because we don't really know. Yeah, we, we wouldn't have a clue. If, Luke, if Luke was here, he'd probably give it a punt, but we have no idea, you know, what we're talking about when it comes to esports <laughs> or content creators. <laughs> uh, the first one, um, category. So I think what we'll do is we'll go through all the categories, I'll read them out in the games that were nominated for those, and kind of just pick what we think will be the winner 
I'll give it a mark and see if you know see how many points yeah, we yeah. get come come game awards day. Um, so the first of the categories um, that that we're going to go through was the most anticipated game. So recognizing an announced game that is demonstrated that is. <laughs> recognizing an announced game that has potential to push the gaming medium forward there's a couple of words in there that I can't read with my cold so I'm going to leave it at that so these are games that are yet to be released but that we're excited about so on this list we have five games Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth Hades 2 Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth Star Wars Outlaws and Tekken 8 oof there's, there's two on that one I mean you're, you're probably picking the same as me Tekken 8 and Rebirth yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I don't I I mean, yeah. Actually, I don't know which one of those I put before. Tekken is Tekken. I mean, Tekken is Tekken, but I think based on the the community, I'd say what will win that will be Rebirth. Oh, it'll be Rebirth, yeah. Yeah, that'll win that hands down. I mean, do we put that in as our vote, do you reckon? Uh, yeah, as much as I want to piss off Craig and go for the uh, Tekken to jump in with the whole, the well, last episode I picked the Tekken thing. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, no, I'd have to say uh, Rebirth. Uh, I've been the hype behind that, if nothing else. Yeah. I think I agree. I'd be surprised if anything else won won that one. Okay, so Rebirth, we can expect to see. The next category is um, Best Adaptation. So recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. And we've got Castlevania Nocturne, which was the anime um, that came out on Netflix. We've got Gran Turismo, the movie, The Last of Us, the TV show, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Twisted Metal. (laughs) Twisted Metal, I can't believe that ever (laughs) happened. Um... What do you think of those ones? Where would your... I mean, and this is bad now because I haven't actually... I've, well, no, that's not, I've watched most of Nocturnal and I really love that. The whole Castlevania anime was absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, but... Has to be the last one. Has to be the last one, yeah. Yeah, it has to be. I, I mean, mean, I loved... The Super Mario Brothers movie is definitely a kid's movie, but I loved it because Luigi got like a decent you know, chunk of screen time and was voiced by Charlie Day, which I thought was an excellent choice. That, that's all they have to do for you, just give you a good Luigi. That's all. That's all. That the movie <laughs> that's all you be, ask for. The movie could be shit otherwise, yeah, but that's all I'd, I'd ever want. Um, so what I will do just, is... Just I'll a put, quick side note, though. Twisted Metal? Really? Yeah. How? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think it might be out. It'd be worth um, checking to see, but I think it might be out already, um, in which case... Uh, it review wise, we were checking out to see if it's opening. I saw a trailer for it, and I was like, "Sweet Jesus!" It just, it this just has the awful. vibes of being a Jason Statham movie. Yeah, yeah, and all the wrong ways, <laughs> <laughs> all the ways we don't enjoy Jason Statham. <laughs> um, let me just see where I've got this written down. I need to write this down. Um, yeah, we're saying Last of Us. That's fair. Okay, Last of Us, absolutely. Um, I'd say that win by landslide. Yeah, as well. I, I, that's like both far and away, especially the reception I got and everything else, and it's just. So next uh, category is best multiplayer for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massive, m- massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of g- game genre or platform. So on this, we've got Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Well, I know what it's going to be for me, because I think my answer is one of those games I'm, sh- I'm probably going to pop up in quite a few of these, and it's always going to get my vote. And Baldur's Gate 3? Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3, yeah, I had a... I had a feeling. Um, I'm beginning to live a life through that game at this stage. Follows <laughs> get through. I mean, I think that when I think what's in with a good shout for, as a multiplayer as a catch cup, which I'm really enjoying with the lads at the minute. We're playing through Super Mario Brothers Wonders. I picked mm. it up um, at the beginning of the month, and we kind of just pop on and we do kind of half a world or whatever a session. So we're taking our time with it. It's beautiful, lots of fun. And Is this like a Mario it's, Party style kind of no, thing? No, no, no. It's, a... it's the newest 2D Mario. Um, Review-wise, to kind of give it like a basic kind of thing, they, they've compared it as the best 2D Mario since Super Mario World. Now, now, oh, okay, yeah. 2D platforming Mario, but like 
3D in style. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, but it's been a hell of a lot of fun. I've really, I've had a great time playing it with the lads, and mm. I have a funny feeling, Baldur's Gate's going to win a lot of things. I don't, don't know. Think if, it's gonna get that. I don't know if it deserves multiplayer. I, I, thing as, as a game, I think you know we'll get to the game. Of the I think it's it's in with a chance to win a lot of things. I don't think the multiplayer experience in Baldur's Gate Three is perfect. Oh, it's not perfect, but far and away. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I've had a lot of experience with the most part of it now. Um, like myself and Claire have been playing it. A friend of mine, Sean, we've been playing it together. Um, I do think like the multiplayer experience is definitely a different experience than playing the game by yourself. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like watching. Claire accidentally wander off and think, knowing full well that you never split the party and all of a sudden you find the party split and yeah. all hell just breaks loose. Even the conversation piece as well. It's like, no, please God, don't pick the... Don't oh, say that. Yeah, it, yeah. All right, never mind. Oh, now they're all trying to kill us. Brilliant. Be an interesting one because I think Baldur's Gate is going to just do... That and Zelda, I think, are going to do a lot of cleaning up with the awards across the board. I'd be, I would be disappointed. Now, I'll put you down for Baldur's Gate 3. I would be disappointed if it won that because in that category, I don't believe it's the best multiplayer game. I just Mario Wonders has been such an enjoyable experience for me and it's a couch like it's a true true it's, couch co-op it's four probably player. a game because I haven't played it mm -hmm. so I can, I'm only going by the fact that it bothers game and I will just like Wax glorious with Baldur's Gate. Uh, listen, I would, don't blame you. Fantastic game. And um, we'll move along. So I've marked you down anyway for that one for Baldur's Gate. So best sports or racing game. We've got five in the category here. We've got EA Sports FC 24, F1 23, Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Turbocharged, and the Crew Motorfest. I haven't played any of these games, but I have played F1 2022. And I played, mm. the last FIFA I played was probably about 2020. To me, this is probably a FC 24, hands down, wins this job. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean... The new FIFA, you know? Yeah, of all the, of those I'd play. Like, I played The Crew. It's, it's a good game, but it's uh, it's just too, it, too much vibes of Need for Speed, not in a good way kind of thing. Oh, it's, like the bad the bad New Age the, Need for Speed? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was a huge fan of Need for Speed when it first came out, um, up until I think about Underground. But The Crew just, like, reminds me of all the things that that game did wrong. Mm. So, um, and like that as well. Yeah, like, the Formula the 1 games are great, but they don't come anywhere near the kind of... I mean, I think they're base, good, but they're, they're, I mean, anybody can play a FIFA game. Not everybody can play, a, like, the Formula 1 game is a proper simulator, oh, yeah. like, yeah, through I and through. Like, I, found, I mean, I love Formula 1. I love racing games, but I found F1 2022 to be actually too difficult, you know? Yeah. Um, so, move on to the next one. Is the next best sim or strategy. And the nominees were Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, City Skylines 2, Company of Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, <laughs> whatever you do, don't pick that, Craig will kill you, uh, <laughs> or Pikmin 4. Ooh. Cities and Skylines 2 is only out on PC, but I'm very excited for that release on consoles. I love the first Cities and uh, yeah, Skylines. Same. I spent so much time playing that game. It was such a, good, such a fun game. Um, bloody a lot of management going on. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Game. But I mean, like, it's a true sim. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's a true sim. I mean, I loved Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, uh, but it did have its problems and it wasn't brave enough in what it, it, like, it kind of just did a copy and paste job for the most part, which yeah. is a little bit disappointing in this day and age. So I haven't played Cities and Skylines 2, but I know it's going to be better than the Cities and Skylines I originally played, and I feckin' love that. So mm -hmm. my vote will be on Cities and Skylines. I'd too. also go with Cities and Skylines, just, just to annoy Craig as well, but I'd definitely go with that one. No, no, City, he won't mind Cities and Skylines. Just don't pick Fire Emblem Engage. Oh. <laughs> That's the game he hates, you know? And he's right too. It's Fire Emblem Engage was not a good iteration of that, um, that series. So next we go into Best Family Game. Uh, for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform, we have... Disney Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, or Super Mario Brothers Wonder. 
Um, I don't know if you've seen Disney Illusion Island, but it's like a four-player game. Uh, the animation's great. You play as Minnie, Mickey, Goofy, and Donald. And mm. for me, it gave me lots of um, Kingdom Hearts vibes. I know I have is to mention Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I think so, yeah. It's a Switch and stuff like that. I Ooh, think it's on check there. Out, actually. Do. I mean, it's like a 2D platformer, but it looks like a lot of fun. Each character kind of has their own quirks. Do you yeah. mean? If you're playing as Donald Duck, he can do whatever. If you're playing as Goofy, he can do whatever. Mm. Animation-wise, it looks amazing. Um, for me, my vote for that would be that one or mario brothers wonders because they are and like super sonic superstars is a you know they have a classic 2d sonic mm. you know like sonic mania yeah, type yeah, thing yeah. it's that only now you've got four characters on the screen at the same time that looks crazy i don't know if that would be a family <laughs> fun one um so my vote would be disney illusion island or mario super mario brothers wonders and i think from playing wonders i think that'll, That's that'll take it. it yeah yeah yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, uh, only because I've played it, and i played it with, like, Max and Claire and Evie as well. Uh, party, party Animals. Panic, or, or party an- oh, it was Party Panic or Party Animals? Party Animals. Oh, my apologies, then. I got is, the wrong game. Is that the one where you have all the different, like, the crocodile or whatever else, you pick up weapons? And you're, yes, that's well, the yeah. one I was thinking of. No, the one I was thinking of was uh, Party Panic, which is, like, a Mario Party-style kind of game. Oh, my okay, apologies. no, this is uh, Party Animals made it. Yeah, one, which uh, I watched a lot of, Luke swears by it, and I watched a lot of videos on it. It looks like a lot of fun. It's kind of the... Um, Gang Beasts sort of um, oh, it was one of those style. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's good enough to win it. I think uh, well, then, a 2D look, Mario 4-player being in there is yeah, pretty much Yeah, 2 having, having not played any of those, I'd have to say, yeah, if it's a 4-player Mario in there, yeah, it's more than likely going to get the, the jam on that one. The best fighting, and it's a pity Tekken 8 didn't come out this year, um, but best fighting game is a decent lineup. But there's three in there that I think are reasonable too. I haven't played. Uh, we've got God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery and Street Fighter 6. It was funny when uh, I was watching the live show of the nominations being announced. So Jeff mm. Keighley, who d- runs the show, he was going through the categories one by one and he was doing the the best fighting game and uh, Street Fighter 6 was announced as the last game. But I was sitting there being like, is, is he not going to say, is that not even nominated for best fighting game? Like Street <laughs> Fighter 6, I was like, Chris is going to have a meltdown. But of course it was nominated. It was just yeah. the last name of the thing. I think... Mortal Kombat 1 seems to be a very good game. I think Street Fighter 6 will have that hands down. I think Street Fighter 6 is going to take that. They rebooted the whole thing and it seems to be amazing. Chris, again, swears by it, so I'd be very surprised if that didn't take it. Um, next in our list is Best RPG. <laughs> I know what you're going to go and say. Um, so we've got Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. I think that's a no-brainer. I think there's a no-brainer. And like and it's funny I, I have a bit to say on Final Fantasy 16 when we get to the actual game of year nominees um, to me Final Fantasy 16 shouldn't be in this category mm-hmm. I don't believe I, I love Final Fantasy 16 Final Fantasy 16 is my game of the year that I played this year it's not an RPG it's an action adventure RPG yeah, maybe but not an RPG no I mean any sense. any game that's is like the RPG was like hey you can upgrade your weapon to give you plus two attack that was the extent yeah. of the customization or the, the, the role playing that you got yeah, it was yeah. a very linear story a very linear story in all of the right ways but I couldn't I couldn't really call Final Fantasy 16 a true RPG um, so I'm surprised it made it in here because there is an action adventure category that Final Fantasy 16 is not in and to me Final Fantasy 16 is a more action adventure than it is I was RPG. Say, is it just like bordering on the edge of what one is and what isn't kind of thing by the sense of that then I mean it's cool um, Sea of Stars again I played the demo of that I have it good to go um, for my Playstation portal when it arrives <laughs> that's one of the other games I have on my list um, I enjoyed it I love the art style and it's a classic kind of old school top down turn based RPG mm. it doesn't stand a fucking chance with Baldur's Gate 3 in no, there I think once, we both once Baldur's Gate's in there that's, yeah. that's pretty much a killer for everyone yeah. else Baldur's Gate 3 for sure Starfield as well just not even in the conversation unfortunately like, I mean you know. like Starfield was I, as I said before, um, we're chatting to yourselves, like, had I had an Xbox, 
I'd pre-order that. I'd pre-order the shit out of that. Yeah, and like the, the reviews are mixed, you know. And, and yeah. we'll get to the nominees. The main game, you know, spoilers. Starfield didn't make it, but I'm not surprised by that. I would have, I would have liked no. it to have been there for a bit of Xbox representation. Um, but yeah, I think it didn't deliver on a lot of what it said it was going yeah. to deliver. Yeah, you know, it's following a lot of them. Obviously, not as bad launch-wise. It's following a lot of the same kind of pitfalls that No Man's Sky seems to trip into. Yeah. Like, we'll promise a load at launch, and then not, it's not there it. when it's. We have we have tons of cat. I'm gonna go through right. I'm gonna go through some of the the and we'll leave some of the the other ones. But the, there's a lot of ca- categories to cover. Um. So next one is best action adventure. The nominees were Alan Wake two, Marvel Spider Man two, Resident Evil four, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I I mean Zelda's gonna win a lot. I don't know if it'll beat Spider Man two as the best action adventure. That's a tough one. I mean, I and haven't that's, played that's through... That's the thing as well, like, action-adventure. Would you class Alan Wake as an action-adventure? I always yeah, thought I mean, it was, like, I, psychological horror saga. Yeah, but they don't have... Like, that That category doesn't exist, so I guess you consider it an adventure story. Uh, sounds, yeah. And you do fight some of those psychologically thriller, you know, thrilling um, enemies. So I guess it <laughs> makes into that category. To me, though, Marvel Spider-Man 2 was built to be an action-adventure yeah, game. I think I Zelda, by, you know, by design, falls into that category, but wasn't built for that. Like, it's the open world. It's the... It's not... Craig and Daniel and so might shoot me for saying this, but I don't know if it would beat Spider-Man Two as the the action adventure game. No, I think like don't get me wrong. I, I think Zelda's probably going to do better in the votes for Game of the Year overall. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think for that particular category, I think you'd be right on that. I think it's Spider-Man, Spider-Man was designed now. to be yeah. the adventure game. Do you know what I mean? Um, linear and where you know Zelda's this open world, whatever else. Mm. But Spider-Man's that linear narrative that is just action, about action, 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 yeah. action, action, action yeah. and, and action sequences like yeah, that, yeah. that uncharted kind of style action sequences and stuff. So I'm gonna put my thing down there for Spider-Man too. I guess. Sorry, Craig, <laughs> forgive me. And then we've got um, best action game. I'm happy to skip. Uh, nominees are Armored Core f- 6, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush I've seen a lot of, but I haven't played any of these games. Do you know, I've played Remnant, and that was a great game because it did things so differently than... But that was like a, a three-player co-op... I don't think you call it a horror game. It was like a... Yeah, um, Kev B was telling me he was playing it. Uh, him uh, and two of our friends, he was playing it. With the three. He said it was a lot of fun, and he showed me a trailer for Remnant 2, and I was like, that actually looks like it could it, be... Do you know, if it's if it's as good if it's as good as the first one, I'll get my hands on it, because I have to say, the first one, I thoroughly enjoyyed playing. Um, it's such a strange mix of like yeah. supernatural and action and... I would Just, be surprised if it beats Armored Core 6. Do you know there what? There was a huge amount. Of, I mean, the game doesn't interest me at all, but there was a massive amount of hype behind that game. I, I played the Armor, I think I played Armored Core 2 and 3, and I loved Back them. in the day, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were fantastic. Uh, 4 and 5. I'll be honest, when this one came out, I actually looked at it and goes, there was a fourth one? Yeah. Was six, well, I'll so. leave this one to you. <laughs> Armored Core or Remnant 2? Oh. Armored Core 6 or Remnant 2? See, you know me and like big battle mechs and stuff. I, I, I'd, probably like, choose that. I'd have to choose yeah. that of the two. Like, I think for the name alone, like the Fires of Rubicon, is oh, like just, what a great title for a game. So yeah, I'd give it to Armored Core 2. We'll put it there. This next category is all you, by the way. Best VR, AR. Ooh, the okay. best game experience. Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Humanity, Resident Evil Village VR Mode, or Synapse. Right, we haven't played Synapse anyway. The rest I've played. Um, Grand Turismo 7 in VR is incredible, but it just it made my motion sickness go into back and overdrive. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually stopped playing it. I actually just I, I played it for I've played for a while and it was amazing. And it's it's one of the few games that really showcases how good VR two is. But 
I, any other game, I have zero issues with motion sickness. Mm-hmm. I can be doing backflips and twirls and barrel rolls and everything, no problem. Yeah. For some reason, GTA 7 just set it off. And for that, I'd say not that not one. Not that one. Call on a Mountain was mind-blowing. Yeah. But so much climbing. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole thing of the game, though, wasn't <laughs> just, it? Let's climb some more. Let's climb some more. It, it was. like it, like. So is that a... Is that a... You're taking that... Do you know what I'm going for? And think I'm going for humanity. Good choice. I want to know. I haven't seen the VR version of humanity, but I was considering... Um, it is... I have PlayStation plus extra mm. and humanity is a just a free to download game it with is that. It such looks, a good game yeah it looks really interesting okay now, it'll drive you insane trying to get those gold men that oh, are yeah, hidden yeah. through kind of yeah. thing and even with the vr kind of going, i know that that around here somewhere but he's gonna find them but uh yeah no it's it's one of those games that you'd be sitting there watching for a good five minutes watch them all just you know throw themselves off a cliff going i don't know what went wrong yeah okay <laughs> It's a great well, game. Yeah, Humanities is a good shout. I was looking at that thinking, uh, no, I think I think Horizon will take it. As I think a, Horizon as a will take it, but, AAA, but her, uh, Humanities, Humanities is just... Because Humanities isn't, wasn't purposely built for VR. You, there's a VR mode because yeah, yeah. you can play Humanity normally, whereas Call of the Mountain, I think, is a pure yeah, I VR. Think Humanity pulled a lot of people in to just kind of mess around on it yeah. as well. So there's probably yeah. a lot more people got to try it out than would have played Call of the Mountain. Next category is not something I thought I'd have an opinion on because I hate mobile games, but the best mobile game. And the reason I'm saying I'll have an opinion on it is because of the first nominee, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Also involved in this uh, category is Hello Kitty Island Adventure, <laughs> Honkai Star Rail, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil. Terra Nil, I haven't seen anything of. Monster Hunter Now is kind of like a Pokemon Go, yeah. um, which looks quite interesting. Uh, but to me, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis will probably win that one hands down. I played a lot of it. I have it on my phone myself. It, it probably will and all, but I have to say I've been playing Monster Hunter Now since Chris oh mention it uh, yeah, yeah oh my god i can't put it down uh, like, okay I've, well I'll put i'll put you down from monster hunter like, now, i have right? four hours of travel every day to and from work yeah, on yeah. Public transport monster hunter now has saved my fucking life nice. as far as that goes um uh, although i'm sure a lot of people are wondering why is he frantically tapping his phone like that yeah, like, after this rattle loss <laughs> um next one is the best indie debut game or best debut indie game um this is a tough one. We've got Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. On any year where Dredge and Cocoon weren't in this, I'd probably say Viewfinder had a really good shade. I don't know if you saw any trailers for that, but you basically have a camera, and it's, based on how it's you... very, very good. Yeah, how you maneuver your perspective of certain things, you can change how a level looks. A very, like, incredibly smart it's game. One of the most amazing things I found in that game is that you have, like, a camera. You can take a picture of something and then transpose that over something else, and that becomes your path. Yeah. It's just... So smart. It's incredible to see how it's done. But on a category with Dredge and Cocoon... I, I think Dredge is going to get it. I think Cocoon might. And, like, Kev B has sworn by Dredge. Him yeah. and his brother were trying to convince me, and I have it ready to go. I have it ready to go. I don't even have Cocoon ready to go. But I've looked at a lot of videos of Cocoon, and something tells me that that will speak to audiences and judges more so than Dredge. Cocoon is like the quintessential welcome to the industry indie game developer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, like it's it's very smart. It looks great. Like, like what you were saying at the beginning of the show. It's like, oh, music's relaxing. Look, art style's great. Like it fits <laughs> all, this all the right boxes. And don't get me wrong, Dredge does that too. But I think Cocoon definitely... I think will appeal ticks more than both boxes. Um, it pains me to say that Cocoon will probably win it because I'm I'm excited for I'm excited to play Dredge and I'm excited. I would love for Dredge to win it based off what everybody's been telling me. But I think Cocoon will take this. Uh, one. Yeah, I'd hope for Viewfinder just because of how surreal it messes with your head. But yeah, I think it'd be Viewfinder 
Dredge and Cocoon, but I think Cocoon's going to take if, it. If Cocoon and Dredge weren't there, if like if there was any other indie games in that list, I'd take Viewfinder would take it. Yeah, they just have but, such yeah. stiff competition. Uh, the next one is Best Independent Game for Outstanding Creative and Technical Achievement in a Game Made Outside the Traditional Publisher System. They had to be quite... The indie game... I was going to say, that's very much working your way around yeah, indie games. Yeah, the indie game thing has kind of become blur- blurred over the last couple of years because a lot of indie developers that we would consider indie developers are now owned through the, you know, the fucking... The, the tree of ownership or whatever yeah, else yeah, yeah. buy a bigger studio so they can't actually I we're be a brand new indie game EA owns us yeah well like somewhere <laughs> up at the top EA owns it you know um, so in this one we have Cocoon Dave the Diver Dredge Sea of Stars and Viewfinder um, this one is even tougher to call than the last one because Sea of Stars looks great Craig is right though um, I was hoping for this kind of top down RPG to have a narrative that would really sell me mm. and based on what I played in the demo I was like this seems very it's not, beige yeah, it's, it's very it's, vanilla it's nothing like that's like oh my god like I, you know this story I'm totally invested in so yeah, I kept hearing the hype for it kind of go, oh no that's something I really want to look into and then I started watching a couple of plays on YouTube I was like this this doesn't seem yeah. um, this one like Cocoon could take this one as well Dave the Diver is I don't know if it was, was it Daniel in their chat um, put in that he wants Dave the Diver in his um, oh, list yeah, of yeah, game nominees that, whatever there's me straight away going what in the name of oh yeah. that's right yeah so Dave the Diver so I, but I think I think this would be a Cocoon again I, I think, think Cocoon's going to wipe on that and one and I well, hope yeah. I'm wrong I'd love to be sitting down watching the award show and watching Dredge just take these two awards I'd really love that but I think it'll be um, Cocoon well you'll be hoping for Dredge I'll be hoping for Viewfinder okay. it's a long long shot yeah one. Viewfinder is way out there uh, this is a good one for you and me actually uh, best community support recognizing Ooh. a game for outstanding community support transparency and responsiveness inclusive of social media activity and game updates and patches we have got Baldur's Gate 3 Cyberpunk 2077 Destiny 2 Final Fantasy 14 and No Man's Sky well, look, you know where I'm going straight away after batting this. No Man's Sky? Oh, of course, 100%. <laughs> Interesting. Hello Games, uh, like, uh, all the way, man. They deserve I think everything no, they get. I think No Man's Sky is, is too old of a story now. I think I think Cyberpunk, based on the fact that they had... Like, you know, because the Phantom Liberty came port, out, yeah. So and Phantom Liberty, and they fixed essentially everything. It was the final chapter in there, we've got to fix the game. I think Cyberpunk might take this. I personally want Final Fantasy fourteen because they brought out, even though they said the game was finished with Endwalker, they brought out like the Holiday Resort expansion yeah, I mean, like, thing like it's I, non-stop I, it, that's one of those games that like i know they said they've stopped official support for i foresee that still going for a long, a long time, time. Yet. yeah and don't get me wrong i mean errors played in that game it's a massive money-making thing for them Jesus. as well but yeah it's so i want final fantasy 14 to win but my vote will be on cyberpunk i think cyberpunk has completed an arc just in time to be in with a show for this category i both want and hope that it's not my sky. sky yeah i have i've already a moment <laughs> i put your name in for that one the moment it came up um best ongoing uh, awarded to a game for outstanding development for of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Uh, Apex Legends, Cyberpunk 2077, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Fortnite recently reset. Do you know what? Their the whole thing. They brought it back to the OG map, and they had more players playing it than they ever did before. And do you know what? I wouldn't mind. I my Eve. My daughter was playing that. I think one of the days I came home, and she was using my account for it because apparently I had loads of cool. Uh, old school skins on from, from back in the day from yeah. way back in the day and I was going oh yeah so I wonder if it would be worth getting back into it and I remember being okay at Fortnite and then I watched her play and she played five games it was a first a first a first and the other two were in the top five and I was watching her play going I would never be able to even My time comprehend yeah I've, I've, I'm uh, going off into the sunset for this game because yeah. I couldn't even hope to do that I think Fortnite will take this one based I think on Fortnite will take it I would year. love if it was FF14 yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to put you down for Fortnite because that's that's what you think is going to win, right? 
I think it's going to be Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be I'd Fortnite. I'd love so. FF14, but I don't think it's got the same kind of power behind it that Fortnite currently has anyway with the, with the amount of recurring players going back to it. Yeah. Uh, this next one is Games for Impact, and none of these games I've played, um, and I think I will skip this one because I don't think you've played any of these games. Do any of these games sound like something you've played? A Space for the Unbound, Chance of Sonar, Goodbye Volcano High, Tachia, Terra Nil, or Venba? Do you know what? I've played Tachia, and... No, I'm sure one of the other ones, like Tachi was okay. But. I just don't have anything I can say on this, to be honest. Um, so we'll leave that one because I don't think we're... I'll put you down for Tachi because you played it. the only one I... Yeah, because you've played it, like, you know. Uh, I'll put you down for Tachi. It's not even sounds from it. I don't even recognize any of the names. This next one is a good one. Innovations in accessibility. So we have um, Diablo 4, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 1, and Street Fighter 6. For me, I walk, I've actually watched a couple of YouTube videos on what Street Fighter 6 has done for accessibility, and it has blown me away. I've also watched a video for what's in Hi-Fi Rush and what um, Diablo 4 had. And I have to say... Street Fighter. Hi-Fi Rush and Street Fighter, Diablo... Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Just a fighting game, it seems to me, for accessibility, would have to do so much work to make it accessible for everybody. And judging by what... Capcom did with Street Fighter 6 I was blown away there was something was it like blinking or something Woods no there was this there was a really cool um, and I was watching people play uh, people who had um, like eyesight issues do you yeah. know what I mean uh, you, there'd be a beeping for how close or far away you were from the opponent oh. in a fight and certain beeps and tones and stuff like that would denote what um, attack the your opponent was going to do whether it was like high low mid and there was a whole color scheme change for those who couldn't you know for the difficulty seeing certain colors yeah, yeah. and stuff like that um if chris was here he could he could wax, wax the curl yeah, about yeah. it but i think i think i'm gonna put three five six down for that one because of the videos i watched uh, hi-fi rush had a cool um again for those who struggled to see colors was kind of their focus hi-fi rush is a hugely colorful mm. um art style and then um, I think Diablo 4 had kind of like the similar, the basics, the kind of stuff they had in Last of Us, do you know what I mean? Stuff for eyesight and hearing, things, the basic things. But I think Street Fighter kind of went above and beyond giving the genre Yeah, I that think it with, is. with Diablo, there's a lot can be going on screen at once. So I don't know how you'd do that for... Yeah. And um, this is a good one. Best performance. And I know what I'm going to pick for this one, right? <laughs> Awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion and a performance capture. We've got Ben Starr, who was Clive in Final Fantasy 16. Mm -hmm. We've got Cameron Monaghan, who played... Cam, whatever the Jedi's name is in Jedi Star Wars, uh, Star Wars mm. Jedi Survivor, Idris Ilba in Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, uh, Melanie LeBird in Alan Wake 2, Neil Newborn in Baldur's Gate 3, that's Asterion, <laughs> and uh, Yuri Lowenthal in Marvel Spider-Man 2. To me, for the monologues alone in Final Fantasy 16, I have got to give that to Ben Starr. I have, and I'll get into it when we get to the final, the, the whole point of this episode was our game of the year. And again, I, I'm disappointed Final Fantasy XVI didn't make it there. But listening to Clive in that game, I was like, holy Jesus. I am on board for whatever it is you need to achieve here, um, Clive. Because he, you know, he has these moments where he's like losing it in anger and he's so emotional and he's so... And he's not like your classic Final Fantasy protagonist who's kind of like dreary drab. Mm. Oh, I'm not very happy. And, you know, the, the kind of dark emo, edgy kind of character Clive had, like the emotional range of this character was really refreshing for a Final Fantasy. It, like it remind, reminded me a little bit of like a bit more of a serious version of Titus. Do you know what I mean? Titus oh, yeah, from yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy X had a bit more range, I think, than a lot of, I mean... You know, seven and eight, fucking Cloud and Squall are basically the same character. Should I mean Noctis and fifteen, the same kind of thing? Yeah. Just don't talk a lot and just do a lot of grunting kind of thing. You get away yeah. with it. What about you? Do you have a oh, choice Starion. there? 
Yeah, he's uh, great. He is fantastic. No, he he would have had it for me anyway, but there was one scene, and I won't ruin it for anyone who's obviously not gotten to this point. There's one scene with a starion and a certain WMD, and there's a sequence of events that you can follow through with a starion in that particular scene. And if done properly, his acting at the end of it is top notch. It's it's one of those things you you could close your eyes and listen to it. Goes, I he could be in the room with me talking and having that he's so enjoying the lines he's mm-hmm. doing and he pulls it off so well with all the the inflections and all the the ways the tone of voice it just he's class he's, he's insanely good he was the most it's a pity I didn't really like I didn't keep his character on my team for most of my Baldur's Gate 3 playthrough but he was one of my favourites in terms of the mm. he was quite entertaining just as a as a character in it. but like I mean from the fact that he was a rogue I didn't really want him on my team all that often but great voice actor for yeah no he, he, was, he was my assassin throughout the entire so game so I'm going to put so. you down for him that's perfect yeah and then um Excuse me. Next one is the best audio design. This might be a tough one. I haven't played any of these games. So I can't really say. Well, I've played Resident Evil 4. Alan Wake 2, Dead Space Remake, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, and Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 was pretty spooky. I played it with headphones. Um, I suppose Dead Space is probably up there as well. I wouldn't give it to the likes of Marvel Spider-Man 2. I think that would... I think that game is fairly basic in what it does. Mm. I think, you know, the likes of the Alan Wakes, which is that psychological thriller, the scary games... You know the the importance of that three sixty audio ambience is huge. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I can only give it to Resident Evil to anyone I've played. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't f- speak in the other ones. No, I mean, I've played Resident Evil, I've played Dead Space. I I would have to go with Dead Space because mm-hmm. a I'm massive Dead Space fan in the first place. Anyway. Yeah. B that remaster was insanely good and scared the absolute bejesus. Like, someone who's like, I've played this game several times over on the old one. I know where all these jump scares are. Oh, they've changed them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I sat in corners going, I don't want to move. This is genuinely terrifying. And the music perfectly playing off. And the atmosphere sounds perfectly playing off. And like, I was talking to some of the lads as well. I know like they've just stopped playing because it's it was too, too spooky. Too much for yeah, them. Yeah, it's like, too yeah. scary. I love that. Okay, we'll give it to Dead Space then. We'll put our names down for Dead Space. Uh, next one is best score in music for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. We've got Alan Wake 2. Um, the composer was Petri Elenko. Ballad's Gate 3. Co- composer was um, Boris Slav- Slav- Slavov. Final Fantasy 16. Composer uh, Masayoshi Sokin. Hi-Fi Rush, um, the audio director, I suppose, as opposed to mm. composer, was um, uh, Sichi Kobori. And then we've got Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, composed by the Nintendo Sound Team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I've played four of the five here, and I have to give it to Final Fantasy XVI. Do you know I, what? Baldur's Gate 3 has a great soundtrack, great music, whatever else, but... And I've played a bit of... I now, I now have played a bit of Zelda. Daniel gave me a copy of mm. Tears of the Kingdom and I've played a little bit of it. None of the music um, grips me in Zelda. It's all lovely. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's all, they're all it's great like... tunes, but I, none of it is like where I need to listen to that song. Whereas the Final Fantasy sixteen, some of the songs in that have become my running music. They are <laughs> so good. And again, one of the reasons why I would have picked Final Fantasy sixteen as my game of the year was it's a game that I played where I was on the edge of my seat during certain sections of mm. the game and the intensity was only heightened, only heightened and improved by the score, yeah. the music. The music in that game is so excellent all the way through. Um, and I will be disappointed if it doesn't... I mean, Alan Wake 2, I, I don't know, haven't played it. Um, I'm sure that maybe the psychological thriller aspect of what's mm. been composed and that might be quite edgy and, and up there. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, music's great, but it doesn't... It's, it's not wild, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. It's not a thing where I'd come sit down and say, God, I want to listen to that. 
Baldur's Gate 3 music, you know? <laughs> down, down, down by the river. That's all I've heard for the, the, my fucking 80 hours of that game, you know? Well, do, you, I, do, do you have a pick? You played I, like, 16, didn't you? No, I've never played oh, more than the demo in 16. My God, I don't, you're missing out. It's the first Final Fantasy game. I haven't. I, you surprised me because you'd. I think. I think you'd really like. Now so I think you think you'd really like Clive, and I think you'd really I, like the. See, this is the thing. I game. think that game came out around the same time as something else. Something else came out around the same time as that, and I ended up getting the alternative. The alternative. It was in February. Remember. It was a busy old month. I think it came out around the same time as Zelda and something else. That's why I never picked up Zelda at the time because sixteen was my my game of choice. Do you know what it was? I was playing Dead Space when that came out. A remake, yeah, and okay. I just I. Deep dive into that game um, so bad. I I'm going to say because it it's, it's my game of the year. Um, you should absolutely play Final Fantasy 16 I, because Final Fantasy has not done well in recent years, and 16 yeah. was a real a real revival of the series. See, for me. the thing for me is like I I will definitely, um, but I am between I'm neck deep in Baldur's Gate at the moment, and I'm also neck deep in Ark at the moment. Oh yeah, <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to dredge myself out of one of those holes, and then Ark. Ascender is going to come out at the end of the month, and I'll just fall into that pit trap further. So, I'm assuming based on this list, you're going to go Baldur's Gate 3, I'm right? going to go Baldur's Gate 3, and do you know what? I, I would nearly agree. I know what Final Fantasy music is like. I mean, Final Fantasy music is always unbelievable. fantastic. Unbelievable. But you gotta go the Raphael fight music from Baldur's Gate, I fell in love with that music, and I cannot stop it. It's mm. stupid, and I love it. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, next one is Best Art Direction. Um, Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, um, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I think Super Mario Brothers Wonders will take it. This isn't me as a, as a fanboy of the series. I think it might take it for, as Craig brought up, there's a lot of nostalgia surrounding the fact that we've got a brand new... Um, 2D Mario that mm. work was actually put into as opposed to the Super Mario Brothers Wii Super Mario Brothers Wii U which were just lazy lazy games this is a proper but they've actually changed the animation in this a lot like the characters look for, for the first time in a long time the characters look different do you know what yeah. I mean Mario looks slightly different Luigi animations are, are, are fun they're different um, and it's a like a beautiful game just to, just to look at I would say it's between that and the Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush was literally built for the art direction. It's, it's a music, it's a rhythm game. And what, but like, what were the, the other ones? Alan Wake 2, Lies of P, and Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, not played any, so I'll, I'll, I'll go I, to your one on this I'm one. Gonna, I'm going to... Th- I'm gonna say Mario Brothers wonders, but I have a funny feeling Hi-Fi Rush might. And now, fuck, any of them could win, but like, I guess <laughs> I, Hi-Fi Rush could, might take it because I think it's it's yeah, huge it is, on, its, yeah. on its art style, do you know what I mean? Um, so I'll put us in for that one. No, I'm going to put us in for Wonders. I'm going to put us in for Wonders. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, high fire rush, whatever. whatever. Um, and then we got Best Narrative. Should I, I swear to God, this I point? swear to God, if you pick Baldur's Gate 3 <laughs> in this list. No, no. Uh, we've got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, and Marvel Spider-Man 2. I'm assuming straight off the bat you're going for Baldur's Gate 3. And hear me out. Narratively, Andrew, I'm enjoying my playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3. I'm not finished it. But narratively, it's not anything not doing anything special for me i think it's great that there's a lot of choice and based on the decisions i'm making things are changing but i'm not glued to the overall arching story of Baldur's gate 3 so i know where you are in the game and i know that things drastically change okay i won't say shortly after there but i mean there are parts of the Baldur's gate narrative that there's two or three that i know off the top of my head that genuinely had me in tears wow okay and 
as you're aware, I finished the game and got a less than stellar ending. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like... think it could have possibly been any worse short of picking Dirge and just going blood mad. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, there's some parts in that game. That, like, the, the storytelling in it was just fantastic. And just the the conversations between all the characters. I, the narrative, yeah, I think the narrative, as you pull through, it's, it wasn't the greatest, but I think the characters all talking along with it it made it better. Brought up that yeah. extra level. Having uh, said that, I haven't played a lot of the other ones that are on that list. So. Um, Spider-Man 2, I think people have said that the mainline story is a bit disappointing in terms of its length mm. and quality. Um, again, narrative in a superhero movie can only do so much as far yeah, as I'm concerned. And listen, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big superhero fan. I'll, I'll happily sing the superhero song, but like, I just... Yeah, like, I think Spider-Man is one of those games that I will definitely pick up, I'll definitely play, and I'll definitely enjoy. Yeah. But as far as narrative goes, I mean... Phantom Liberty, for me, I don't want that to win because it's it's DLC at the end of the day as well. It's not it it's not I, a full game. I know it's a big it's a big deal and it's a big update, whatever else, and Idris Ilba is in there and everything. And, and that's just, I have actually played that, and I am I think I'm on the last part of that. And I was like, I'm a huge Idris Elba fan. Yeah. I mean, like that man could talk and I would just listen to him. I don't care what he's talking about. Yeah. He advert about socks. I will listen to that till the day cows come home. But, like I say, it's a DLC. It's just, it's additional to the story. Like, the storyline in that game is great. Narrative in that game is great. I have found this, though, to be more of a slog to get through right. than the original was. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to throw my hat and say Final Fantasy 16. Again, because I think it's really revived the franchise. Um, Final Fantasy games famously will always, at the end, just go fucking bonkers and yeah. be so daft. Um this one has a really, really strong storyline the whole way through. And yes, it follows that same Final Fantasy trope where the very last section, you're kind of find the Final last fight's a bit silly. The narrative is kind of, you're petering off what was really good about the story. But this is, you know, Final Fantasy's in a world of politics and, you know, uh, backstabbing. It's very Game of Thrones in kind of how it's built and sold to you. And um, that, that's the kind of thing with the Final Fantasy games. I mean, like the, the one Final Fantasy game that we all know and love, the one we all choose, I would imagine, is our favourites ends with a, a a winged demon firing planets at you yeah i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know but i think and they've all but what i love about this one is i think it's been the most coherent story start mm. to finish like even the end of this game even though it does go wacky it's the least wacky of any final fantasy i've ever played yeah um doesn't make sense no it's a final fantasy game it's, no. it's completely, completely <laughs> off there the is track. no sense but it's game. it's the politics and everything in the lead up to the to the game mm. and the narrative the story that you're playing like you know you're the the son of this house that's been betrayed and your whole story is that everyone thinks you're, you know you're, you're dead or whatever else and you're, you're you're coming back to save everybody and there's a much bigger problem facing the world and you're going out to solve that problem too it's it's fantastic it's again one of the reasons i like it one of the reasons it for me is my game of the year is because of the narrative i was hooked start to finish you know but you know what the problem with that game is you don't have a tadpole in your head i don't have a tadpole in my head you need to get <laughs> off your your Baldur's gate horse no i mean i mean like i'm not far enough in Baldur's gate to make a true um thing it's just that no i, I think it's, it's like i'm 60 hours into Baldur's gate 3 and the narratively it hasn't gripped me whereas mm. you know i played the opening section of Final Fantasy 16 and i was like oh my god like what you know i need yeah. to play the rest of this game you know i need to find out what happens i, I played the trailer for it and it was absolutely fantastic and like there was not so much narrative but you got to see titan in all his absolute glory yeah, yeah. i mean that was that and that was nearly enough reason for me to get but as i said i was obviously playing dead space and that totally took over my sanity yeah yeah i think i mean like i says i wouldn't i wouldn't put a past Baldur's gate 
three to. I actually no. I, I'll be honest. I would be surprised if Baldur's Gate three wins best narrative. I don't, I don't know if it's, it's, it's my. I'll make two could be in with a good shout because that, I think that has that'll have a true. That seems to be getting a lot of traction on a lot of these oh, as well. So. I couldn't. It was an absolute um, dark horse for me. I didn't expect it at all. And yeah. when these nominees came out, this is Jesus Christ. It's, it's in almost it's everything. In everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everything yeah. you find Baldur's Gate in, you find Alan. Alan Wake. Yeah. Well, I don't mean. We'll see. We'll see when it comes to the end of it. Uh, this is their second last. Third, second last category, the best game direction. So awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. We've got Alan Wake 2, of course, <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Zelda, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. I think you have to give that to Zelda. I'll... I think you have to give that to Zelda. I think the fact that Zelda built this game where it's like, you don't have, we're not going to tell you where to go. Hmm. And you can build kind of anything you want to get to these places or to help you with these things. Off you go. So innovative compared to what we get day to day in in video games. And don't don't sit here across me being like, "Well, Baldur's Gate three lets you do this." Is Baldur's Gate three your most innovative? I'm best going game to choose to not answer this question because you know what my answer <laughs> is anyway, and I'll just drop myself into a hole for this one. Baldur's Gate three is your yeah. Choice. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, listen, fair like again, Look, it's, it's a great game for the simple reason that like it it held me so well for like for the entire and there's there's only one part of that game where i kind of felt i was getting fed up but for the rest of it, like everything about that game i mm-hmm. just fell in love with um I not think, to say i'm right on half of these selections i but. think i think all these games are quite good i think spider-man is kind of spider-man and super mario brothers wonders are kind of repeating things that are already there mm. um baldur's gate 3 gave us kind of a new you know, it's a, the, the new first D&D game, but it's not without its problems. Oh, no. It's like, it's like straight away, the Iron Studios. I mean, they had Divinity 2 I played. Yeah. And that, like, those issues brought in from that that have been brought into this as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always going to be. Like, it's... Legend of Zelda, though, Tears of the Kingdom, six years in production, dropping this map, saying the end boss is somewhere in here. And you also have these new powers that allow you to just make whatever you want. And, like, seeing, seeing how innovative people have been online with mm. what you're able to do with the game i think this is i think if we were able to see the scores for the votes i'd say no, this is probably you're, you're right now like, like, like my choice baller's gate but what i know is going to win it will be zelda okay so, so. all right that's, that's definitely a point to me so <laughs> <laughs> we now go on to the topic of the show and you are a game of the year so recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields the nominees disappointingly i might add <laughs> Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm a massive Super Mario Bros. fan. Love the series. It mm. has no right being here. I it has to... no right being here when we didn't get a Final Fantasy 16 in the mix. It's, that's all. And like, I, again, I don't know I played it. It sounds incredible, but I think, yeah, that and Resident Evil 4. And... I haven't played through Resident Evil 4 remake in its entirety, so I can I, I, I stand to be corrected potentially mm. on this. I have a problem with a remake of a game being in the nom- nominations because don't get me wrong, what they've done the, the game looks fantastic, it plays amazingly mm. well, but they've remade a game that already existed. So can you be considered game of the year for that? Now, what I would base it upon is that I think in, in years gone by in 2020, Final Fantasy VII Remake was mm. also when the nominations for Game of the Year. It's a very different game to the original. It's it's remake in name only. And that, that was, you know, they called it remake as part of the, you know, the, the word remake is that we're remaking this story. We're going to it's keep not, the story, but we're going to change every other aspect of the... Well, no, they, they, they keep the, they keep the, the, 
the heart of the game but yes that the storyline and, and lots of the other bits in it change as well mm. and, and the remaking game from 1997 like resident evil 4 looks like a better version of the game that came out Final Fantasy 7 remake is an entirely different game to the one that but was released I, so i, I have an issue it, with when you that. think about it in the spirit of the thing it is game of the year and this is a game that came out this year regardless of the fact that it's a remake it's but, but, it, it is a game that came out this year. Uh, no, yeah, but a remake shouldn't. I, that's just my my personal opinion is that a remake, like a true remake, a game that's been. And again, I stand to be corrected because I haven't finished it. So maybe they've changed a lot of things in the story or in the game, which could potentially be be true. If that isn't the case, if they've just made a very um, well polished, updated, fresh version of Resident Evil Four, which mm. was a great Resident Evil, my favorite of the Resident Evils. If that's all they've done with the game, I don't think it should be in contention for a game of the year. Well, let's be fair. Considering what it's up against, what is in contention, I don't believe it has a hope in hell of beating some of the. No, it won't. Um, I think. I mean, let's. I mean, let's get down to it. Just my point in that being that Final Fantasy sixteen, it's a, it's an absolute crime that it's not been nominated yeah. against the likes of Resident Evil Four and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Uh, again, I'm a massive Mario fan. I'll, I will fight that corner all the time don't think it deserves to be mm. here i mean 2023 was an insane year for video games and after everything i played this year if someone said tell me would you put super mario brothers wonders up as game of the year i'd be like absolutely not, no, not a hope. <laughs> i love the game absolutely not it's a contender for game of the mm. year so i think with with resident evil 4 and super mario brothers i am disappointed by those being nominees based off the fact that what was my chosen game of the year hasn't even been nominated and yeah you know well complain about that, I don't do that yeah yours in the hand <laughs> so i guess we go to what we think the true contenders are again we've got alan wake 2 Baldur's gate 3 marvel spider-man 2 resident evil 4 super mario brothers wonders and the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom i think let's get down to the brass of it i think the only two in contention to win this are Baldur's gate 3 or zelda do you know what? that's weird i think the only two in the contention are Baldur's gate and alan wake you're a head case <laughs> You're an absolute head case. <laughs> Zelda, man, the amount of hype behind Zelda. Like, I mean, the last time a Zelda game came into the nominees for Game of the Year, it won outright, hands down, no competition. And I think it'll be the same thing again this year. I think Baldur's Gate... See, Baldur's Gate, to me, Zelda is the Zelda has it to lose. You yeah. know, Baldur's Gate 3 could be the surprise... Not necessarily a surprise choice, but be Zelda's biggest competition. Um... It's a game that was six years in development. The hype surrounding it, the fan base, the fact that it is, in my opinion, the best game direction. Like it's so innovative, um, so different, so well polished. It's another part of it that I think you need to take into account. The, Z the Zelda game that was released day one is a Zelda game that you have forever. Yeah, there's yeah. no patches, there's no updates. The game just works. It's not the same for Baldur's Gate 3. No, I, I'll be the first to admit, I mean, Baldur's Gate 3 will and will continue to go through chops and change kind of thing to, to fix things that aren't weren't right at launch and to, let's see there was numerous glitches and bugs and everything else that came out kind of thing but and again i suppose i'm kind of biased like to be fair i haven't played zelda tears of the kingdom um i have played Baldur's gate yeah so yeah. Good. having said that i haven't played alan wake but the last four Alan's Wake's, Alan Wake's a dark horse. I, I'm, to me, it was a dark horse. I wasn't expecting it to be in the conversation, but it hasn't, like it being here and being in all those categories, hasn't made me think it's a real contender for Game of the Year. No, but for me, like Alan Wake, like everyone's talking about Zelda. Zelda is Zelda. I mean, Zelda is an, an incredible game. Um, has every right for being in the Game of the Year contention. And I Honestly, I'm 50 50 between that and Ballers Gate snatching. I. I couldn't put a pin in which one is actually going to get. Obviously, would massively prefer Baldur's Gate, but it's. I'd say you go down to the wire on that one. So, however, okay. 
I have like you hear, you know, about Baldur's Gate and about Tears of Kingdom. Out of nowhere, I'm suddenly hearing left, right, and center all these amazing things about Alan Wake and how it's amazing for this and fantastic. I played the first one. It, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I think I think Alan Wake Two will have a little bit of recency bias hmm. on it as well. I think it was between that and Mario Brothers Wonders. I think they're the two most recent games to have been released before the nominations went out. Let me just have a look at this again. I think that as well, though. Is like, Baldur's Gate 3 was ages ago. Resident Evil 4 ages ago. Marvel Spider-Man 2. So like that's what I mean. Marvel Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake, and Super Mario Brothers have recency bias. But again, no one's really talking about Marvel Spider-Man 2 as a true contender for Game of the Year. No, and I think that's, again, like it's the the superhero exhaustion that we kind of have at the moment. Oh, like, man, that fatigue. I was selling Marvels the other day, and that is not oh, a good film. No, it is not at all. But I think the like that it's Spider-Man it's like, oh yeah Spider-Man like the last two were good we'll play that That's the thing. but there's no you. oh my god Spider-Man yeah. this is incredible whereas you got that with Zelda and Baldur's Gate was this quietly secretive oh my god this is an amazing Baldur's game Gate was one of those grew and grew and grew and yeah grew. I mean Baldur's Gate had all the Divinity fans were going to come to the same because it's Larian Studios next big thing but it's also D&D and like you and me like we played D&D for forever kind of thing but yeah. like, this is this has blown D&D up into something else entirely now Exactly, well. and I think for me to say a game based around D&D could win Game of the Year, I'd be delighted with that. Oh, incredibly. Uh, I would like Baldur's Gate 3 to win it, and I think it's going to be a very close-fought race, but my vote is with Zelda. I think Zelda carries a legacy with it that is just when it's in a when it's in the in the nominees it's just unbeatable you know and like i says tears of the kingdom came out the same year i think we had the god of war mm. and horizon in that and year still and it still won yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean so yeah i my i want Baldur's gate 3 to win because it stands for D and the way when the way it was released everyone was saying it was kind of the gold stamp for mm. how games should be um oh yeah it the was gold standard for how games should be like released it's... and lots of developers were saying oh you know you know uh, consumers shouldn't expect this and i was like what a completed massive game at launch i was like why shouldn't we expect this so i think it kind of challenged the industry a little bit to say no, don't you, rush you, your games you, if you spend the time on them and you can launch them and you a, can make this massive game and not like a ton of it's going to be microtransactions or dlc like we're hmm. you know Baldur's gate three people are saying can be upwards i mean i'm 60 something hours in and i've barely into act two do you know what i mean of three acts and act three and i know act two and three are a bit, a bit shorter but you're talking about 100 plus hours of a video game that no dlc no microtransactions and it's it's all there from the get-go yeah. granted like, they needed to patch up some of it as it yeah, went on i don't but, think but i mean you're like with a game as vast reaching as that one was there's was always going to be like the amount of different ways you can go with that story there was always going to be like little things that may have been left to the wayside oh, not, yeah, like, yeah, not, yeah, not, not perfect. detail put into I remember playing that and I, I just fell through the floor at one point into this never ending spiral where people kept talking about how it's really dark in here it's really dark in here it's really yeah, dark yeah, in yeah. here it's really dark like, there just, was the the what they call it the real famous because um, you can romance in that game and there was the real funny um, bug that I, I had it at the start of the game as well before it was patched the horny bug where your entire party just immediately wanted to romance you right from the get-go. <laughs> and I was walking around being like, man, I must be a fucking stud. You know, everybody wanted My to... charisma isn't this high. Even, even Gail and Asterion, I want a piece of this. Like, But, you know, things like that where, you know, the the audience, the consumer, the player weren't... You know, that's, that's the thing. There were some bugs with this game, but it didn't anger the audience. It didn't no. anger the players because what you were getting was such a high-quality game that these things, they could find the humor in and, and it was fixed relatively quickly. Whereas, you, you know, you look at... Games gone by, the No Man's Sky, the Cyberpunk, the mm. outrage, because, you know, consumers were basically lied to, whereas Baldur's Gate was just quietly approaching, you know, we've been working on this for years, here you go, hope you yeah, enjoy. Have, have fun. Really humble game, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would like Baldur's Gate 3 to win it. I'm going to put my vote down for Zelda. All right, and again, I would, I'd love Baldur's Gate to win it, 
primarily because it, I got so much enjoyment out of it, but also just to see the reaction on all the voice actors' faces because they are so loving. Oh, they're <laughs> what a crew! Yeah, I've seen them in loads of videos. I saw them playing D and D. Oh, they're one so. playing the D and D. Playing D and D is absolutely fantastic. And I think there's one point again. Uh, Neil playing a star in that. At one point, I think I came up with it was a YouTube short or something because yeah I watch those now um, but it's him trying out uh, wine and he, just being him I like just being like you're looking at him and it's like he's just being him and then playing Astarian and jumping between himself and Astarian so yeah, much yeah. Is, and everyone just absolutely loving it I was like it's just such a happy atmosphere they all have and yeah. it all just works so, it's so a nice for, game. Them, for them more so than anything else I, I got so much enjoyed but I'd love to see it for them because they just came out of nowhere for that so you think you think Ballers and again this isn't your personal choice I this is why you Ballers Gate gets it do you think it, is that what your vote is do you think it'll win it <sighs> see this is the thing I am I think it's going to be extraordinarily close between that yeah, and exactly. Alan Wake oh and Alan Wake no, of course okay, no, it's no, no, I'm, no it, to be honest, I, I think Alan Wake stands a high chance of just Sneaking the shit out of you're all a, of this. You're, well, but, I mean, listen, I've, I've, I could be proven wrong. I think you're a maniac. No, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's it's too close call between Baldur's Gate and uh, Zelda. And it's either going to be a case of the two of them vying for an Alan Wake trailing in third, or Alan Wake just blowing the two of them out of the water. I honestly think it'll be Baldur's Gate, Tears of the Kingdom, too close to call. No, you have to pick one. Baldur's Gate. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't expect anything less. Than that. No, That's no I don't think anybody did. Nice. Okay. Well, there you have it, guys. We here at the Gifted Gaming Podcast think it'll be a toss-up. I think everybody thinks this. In fairness, between Baldur's Gate three and Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, my vote goes with Zelda purely for legacy. Um, and well, not purely for legacy. The game is a phenomenal-looking game, and what you can do in it is amazing and mind-blowing. And it is a perfect game from the moment you get it. Uh, and Baldur's Gate three has been just a joy. It's a very kind of humble game that came from, I wouldn't say humble beginnings. They've, they've got a, a bit of um, pedigree behind them and games they've made before, Larian mm. Studios. But Baldur's Gate 3 really kind of took the industry by surprise and got a lot of people hooked on to um, uh, this game, this role-playing game, D&D, that a lot of people didn't know anything about or, or weren't interested in and suddenly found themselves interested in. So, yeah, a tight toss-up. Andrew's saying Baldur's Gate. I'm saying Zelda. Um, tune in on December 7th. Um, and for us in, in Ireland, it'll be a half twelve, uh, you know, past midnight time to kick off, and it's usually about three hours oh, long. The following morning is going to be great fun. I have the day <laughs> off. I've got the day off to, to go and watch this. Um, so listen, if you if you enjoy the content, you can go on onto the the gameawards.com page and put your votes in for all the, the nominees and for all the categories that myself and Andrew have just kind of talked through. It's good fun. I've done it myself to be like, woohoo, you know. <laughs> and then the vote won't really count for a whole lot. It's judges' vote, but I think it, you know, the audience's vote counts for a small percentage of of the overall yeah. stuff so it's worth getting your vote in there um yeah if you like um the content as always myself and andrew are doing a post show now after this where we will be continuing on the gift of gaming battle royale it is round four um and if you're interested in that you need to check out our patreon.com uh, forward slash the gift of gaming for the price of a coffee a month a month it's a single coffee in a month. How many coffees do you buy in a month? You buy loads of coffees in a month. You should definitely spend one of your coffees on buying our Patreon. And you can get loads of extra content in there. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends about it. That's how we keep doing what we like to do. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for um, hopping on the show with me. Thanks for having and, me. It's been great as always. Uh, yeah, uh, pleasure. And uh, to our listeners, uh, as always and forever, keep enjoying the gift that is gaming. Peace out. Later. Later.